Hello, and welcome to Group Chat, conversations on biblical community. In today's episode, we talk with Barry Parker, who pastors our groups at the Mansfield West campus. Our topic is hospitality versus entertainment. Basically, what is the atmosphere that we want to set in our groups? How should they feel? This is the topic that we discuss today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit www.rushcreek.org. Okay, welcome back. The next episode of Group Chats, and we're here with Barry Parker, the man, the myth, the legend, who is our group's pastor at Mansfield West. Uh, Barry, thanks for coming on with us today. Mm-hmm. Clayton, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with you. Yes, I know you're excited. So before, before we get started, um, we'll just clarify. Um, you're the small groups pastor at Mansfield West. What do you love about your job? Kind of wow. tell people what you do and why you love what you yeah, do. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing for me is developing relationships with people on an individual basis, and then connecting them to other people that that would help them uh, in their in their life journey of becoming more like Christ. And so I love the initial conversation with people. I'm one of those guys that aren't afraid to just go up to a stranger, put my hand out and say, hi, my name is. And I love going from there and just kind of sensing from people where the spiritual velocity is in their life, and then seeing how I can help them in any way to connect with the body of Christ. That brings me great joy. Yeah, well, you're in the perfect position to do that. Um, so we're on here today, and our topic today is hospitality versus entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you get our fortified newsletter, you'll know that this was the topic for last month, so we're a little bit behind, but we wanted to touch touch with it again. Um, so Barry's on here to talk about it with us, and he loves it. And yep. So when we say hospitality versus entertainment, we're talking about the environment that you're creating within your small group, the um, just kind of the atmosphere that's there, the tone that you set. Um, so we'll just get into it, Barry. I know a lot of our groups meet in homes. Yep. Some of them meet other places, but we tend to meet in a home as opposed to the traditional Sunday school model. Uh, we were just talking about Sunday school in our staff meeting, actually. So kind of explain why we do that as opposed to um, I mean, the obvious answer is at Rush Creek, we don't have space for Sunday school classes. Yeah. Just the way our... our it does make church easier. It makes a cost for a church uh, a lot more affordable if you don't have to have all of that space that sits empty uh, for most of the week, mm. and then you fill it on Sunday. Yeah. And, and But really, I think really it goes back to the second chapter of Acts, is we look at the church uh, of that era. They didn't have buildings. Uh, and the most natural place is inviting people into your own home and just doing, like we say to, here at Rush Creek, doing life together. And that is exactly, I think, what we're trying to capture is this uh, environment of just being in a home where it's relaxed, where, where there's a couch, where there's a comfortable place. It's not this... Um, building that's cold and it has these seats in it and you try to make something warm out of that the home offers that naturally uh so i think that's what we're going for there and you know i don't have anything uh uh definitely against sunday school sunday school uh carries a very warm place in my heart. I grew up in that. I had wonderful teachers, uh, people that poured and invested into my life into the institution and the building of the church, and great things happen that way. 
I absolutely love that. But uh, I absolutely love even more inviting people into my home and experiencing a much more comfortable and laid back and real where people are used to dealing with life in a home than in an institution. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I love this model that second chapter of Acts gives us of breaking bread together, meeting together regularly. I mean, in the New Testament church, it says that they met uh, day to day. I mean, it was much more than just one time, one time a week. They were doing life at a much deeper level. But let's model that in some way. Maybe the rhythm of one time a week will really bring back uh, the accountability, the love, the concern that the, the New Testament church had and bringing that back into this modern age. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I was, I've, I've read a few articles recently, um, it's just interesting timing. It's about, the articles were about, you know, this is why our church does small groups. Well, this is why our church does Sunday school. And one of the interesting ones I saw is one was doing small groups and then went back to the Sunday school model, which I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I read those and, and I've been thinking about it and it's kind of what you said, it's not necessarily, we're not trying to instill a model or a strategy. That's not necessarily our primary goal. Our primary goal is to create a culture of community and hospitality like we're talking about mm-hmm. today in a place where people feel uh, welcomed, where they feel loved, and where they can encounter the truth. Yep. Um, and that could be done in a lot of different places. But we choose to do it in a home. Um, and to, to bring it back to the hospitality uh, topic. Um, well, before you go on, I, yeah, I think one ahead. other thing that's kind of cool to think about is that these groups are a great opportunity to be the front door to the church mm-hmm. because this makes a it creates an environment where people who would not for whatever reason there's uh, there's stigmas about the church they're never going to jump into or or darken the doors of a church but they would be much more acceptable to stepping into someone's home possibly so it gives us as a church to cool, great ways of connecting people uh, that may may have not happened otherwise in a Sunday school's class. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so when we're doing that, when we're in our homes and in our groups, um, in what ways should our leaders be hospitable? And what does it look like to bring hospitality into your group? And um, we're going to cover both hospitality and entertainment because we're not mm-hmm. trying to say it's got to be one or the other. We, you know, we, we think there's probably elements of both of those involved. Uh, but to hit on hospitality first, how does that look in a small group, in a home? Well, I think for a leader or for a host home person, um, them understanding um, of just having uh, – considering others before yourself. It's just, it's just this practice and exercise of uh, giving up something that is yours. And this is what Christ talks about so much, is giving away what you have because it's not yours anyways. And so opening your doors automatically is making you an unselfish person. It's helping you practice being an unselfish person and giving away and offering people to come into your space and you providing and serving other people. And so I think this is the beginning. I, I love First uh, Peter uh, and how he explains this love that we have for people. First Peter 4, 8 through 7 says, Above all, maintain an intense love for each other, since love covers a multitude of sins. 
And then he adds this, be hospitable without complaining. Uh, because this, this is going to provide this forgiveness, this grace in our life. But I want to experience from other, intense love. I, I, I do. I want, to see, I want to see that actually, what does that look like? And intense love for other people. And I think by opening your home, this is one step towards offering an intense love that this world really doesn't know anything about anymore, this hospitality. They yeah. forgot. It's a lost art. Yeah, it's a very, especially in Western culture that we that we live in, it's a very individualistic culture. It's a very, you know, we see that effect in a lot of different areas, but it's the idea of people spending time together, especially in a home, which is viewed as a very private yeah. space. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if there's subconsciously that says something that you're not just inviting them into your home, you're inviting them into your life by doing this. Yeah, they're seeing uh, they're seeing a lot of different things of how you live your life. And yes, it, it's, well, you've told it's vulnerability. Before, you've told people before, don't clean your house before they, before your group comes over. Yeah, I, I, I train our leaders not to have the perfect home. Because if we're looking at leadership or, or discipleship, discipleship has to be multiplied. And, and people are going to have to take on the position of a leader one day. And so if we set these incredibly high expectations of what the home must look like, perfection, man, we are not, so many people can't reach to that. So allow people or allow leaders or train leaders to be comfortable with Man, you know, leaving maybe leaving the dishes out. You know, you didn't get you get didn't get to cleaning all the dishes, or you didn't get to making your bed. Would that be okay to invite people in to an unperfect home? It's lived in. Do life together, and so yes, we do want people to maintain. That would be nice, but don't overemphasize the importance of perfection. Mm-hmm. Leave things un unkept some some mm-hmm. of that and that leads other people to go you know what i could do that in my if people are okay with that here maybe they would be okay coming to my house too yeah and it, i mean it would be counterproductive to the whole message that we're trying to send in our groups and, and we're not telling you how to clean your house but no <laughs> but uh but we're trying to we want it like i said we're creating a culture we want we want people to be authentic and say this is this is who i am and if if they're feeling like the leader has to put on a performance or a face, mm. then why, if they're not going to be open with me, why should I be open with them? Yeah, you hospitality, I mean? this is, it all starts with the leader. And if he is transparent in his uh, failures and his weaknesses, Boy, this is going to change everything for the group, and it, and maybe it starts with even just the way the look, the house looks. That I'm. This is the way I do life. This is who I am. I'm not trying to cover up who I am, and so that may be the beginning of others being open with their difficulties and their struggles and their we and their sin in their life. And this is what we're wanting to get to. It's amazing that first Peter, when he says this about being hospitable to each other, because this intense love uh, covers a multitude of sin. It's very interesting. These two are combined in this verse of hospitality and intense love equals forgiveness of sin. It's amazing to think about that. Uh, I think Peter recognized it. 
Yeah, definitely. So we'll sh- now we'll shift to the entertainment aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're not trying to say it's one or the other. Um, but <clears throat> is there an element of entertainment that should be involved in hosting a group? Um, and what, is, what does that look like? You know, is, when we say entertainment, what, how would you define that? And what does that mean to you in the aspect of keeping your group interested, engaged? Yeah. I, I think that there may be a little confusion over the word entertainment. Um, some of the dic- dictionary definitions of entertainment say that it's really entertainment is just holding one's attention. Um, and I would think every pastor on the face of the earth, they want to hold their congregation's attention. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have illustrations. That's why we use stories. That's why we use video. That's why we use music. We use different forms to capture one's attention. I don't think there's anything that we should be ashamed of in, in some respects of using the word entertainment. Now, entertainment uh, in, the, in the world's view has a lot of different things that are negative. Mm-hmm. But in this context of using entertainment to capture one's attention, Mm. this is powerful, right? Uh, If we're capturing one's attention to how to become like Christ and how to uh, give over and relinquish what we think is ours and give it to someone else, man, God and Christ can do a lot with that in an individual's life. And yeah. so uh, I would say, yes, using different, all types of whatever. God has given us the ability to be uh, creative. And as a leader, use what God has gifted you with. If it's a television, or if it's a video, or if it's music, or if it's worship, or if it's a funny game that you use, you are utilizing that to attract people's attention so that you can lead them to God's word Man, I say, use it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think one of the things when people think the word entertainment, um, when we think about it in our culture, it's more of entertainment involves the aspect of watching, not participating. And I think that's where people probably hear the buzzword and, and kind of detract from that. So when we say entertainment, we don't mean that you're just observing, but you're still being an active participant. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of talk about that, how the group... We're, we're capturing their attention, but it's, it's, it's for a purpose. Yeah. And so, you know, creating an atmosphere where people, you're, they're, they're able to let down their guard. Um, and then I think entertainment could be uh, sharing a story and then asking some questions to engage because it's holding their attention. You have good questions. So that could be termed as entertainment. So good questions that, that point at the heart and what people are dealing with, and allowing them to verbally express what they're experiencing, maybe leaning into what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you have a if you have a group leader come to you and, and they're wondering, you know, Barry, where do I draw the line? What what makes hosting a small group different from simply having guests over? I want to be a gracious host, and I, I want to be an entertaining host. I want them to be interested in coming coming over because I know that this is something that we believe in and what we need. So where is that line? Where is that balance? Well, I think it begins with every believer and every relationship that they have. There is an intentionality 
about their relationship. So it's hard for me to say, um, if I'm just going to invite people over my home for dinner, it's hard for me as a believer uh, that I, I want to be intentional about something. And most of the time for us as believers, we are in, we're intentional about what is God doing in this person's life? And how can I uh, help them? Or how can they help me? So it's a two-way street. A leader, uh, I think, many times gets more out of a meeting than those who are attending. Uh, Because he's put thought into it. And so there's intentionality about, I want to help others grow in Christ as they, through their experience, help me to grow in my experience with Christ. And so being intentional, having a purpose about where you would like that meeting to go, what you would want those people to experience and leave your house with. And hopefully it's more of Jesus when they leave that place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, So we'll we'll hit back again on the hospitality. Um, A lot of our groups uh, tend to kind kind of a common thing that a lot of home groups do is uh, have a meal together. Mm-hmm. They'll bring either, you know, they'll have a potluck where everybody brings something or the host will have just like some snack food out or something. Um, but that, but that's a very, um, I mean, thinking anthropologically, that's a thing a lot of different cultures have done over all of human existence mm-hmm. is this idea of if to really, to really invite someone in and to love on them, you share a meal together. Yeah, you I see, think it's you, a, see, you see that in the Bible. Yeah, I think there's a spirit. I think there's a spiritual aspect about uh, breaking bread together. I, I, there, there's got to be a reason why Second Chapter of Acts put some emphasis them breaking bread together. Um, and from from the very beginning, if you take a look at even in Genesis, God put this man in a garden where there's food. You know, all throughout Scripture and spiritual environments, it had something to do with the bread and the wine or this eating together. Um, And so there is something I believe that is very spiritual about us enjoying. You see Jesus reclining at the table over and over again in the Gospels. And so this, there's something about the table. And so even in my in my own group, I love uh, when we get the opportunity to meet around one table, which is very difficult when you have a group of uh, 17 to 20 people. And so a lot of times I'm not getting to experience that. But I would I would say the best environments is w- out of the natural conversation uh, around the table. And if you'll notice, even in my younger years, when the, the family would get up from the table and say, let's go to the living room. Um, there is something about the intimacy, about the conversation that is not as uh, relaxed or natural. It's a little more forced in the living room. But there is something special about eating together, the natural uh, communication that happens there. And that's why I love to do, you know, as I'm listening to people, I'm making notes in my mind about, oh, they're experiencing this. Oh, and they're going through this. And now I include that as really the natural prayer request time for me. Um, And I don't even have to ask the question, what are you praying about? Because sometimes it just comes out naturally. And then, man, when you pray that and people go, wow, he was really listening. Mm -hmm. 
and making that a part of the prayer time of pray for for John as they're going through school and they're struggling with the stress of the test and adding that into the prayer boy that really makes people sit up and listen that there somebody is listening to me and they're caring about me so listen leaders listen what's happening at the at the at the table together and and take that into consideration yeah so to take to take the principle of the meal which is to which is to show hospitality and it's to bring connection to people. What are some ways that our leaders can just some basic things like that, like have a meal, or or what are some other ways that they can show hospitality with the purpose of better connecting with the people yeah. who've brought, come into their home? I think again, having an intentionality, and and maybe at the table, just ask simple questions like. Uh, Hey, let's go around the table while we're talking. What was the best thing that happened today? What, what, what is one thing that you enjoyed about today? And, and that gets the conversation going. Or, or you could turn that around. What is the most difficult thing you're facing right now? And make that intentionally a part of the conversation at the table. Or you could just be as clear as, uh, hey, what are some prayer requests you have? I mean, making it a part of the organic part of the table uh, and being intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we when we talk about this, we want to connect to people. The next step is we're trying to build trust. Um, and Bill Donahue talks a lot about this in his uh, Irresistible Community book. He talks about um, there's three aspects of community. There's the table, the towel, and the truth. And it's modeled after Jesus at the Last Supper with his disciples. Um, we've talked about the table. There's this welcoming environment um, and this hospitable environment, and then there's the towel, where the leader and the group is serving is serving each other. They're serving um, their neighbor who's finally come over. They've been inviting them for months and months. They finally come over, mm. um, and this this the goal of both of those is they're trying to build this trust, so ultimately they can speak the truth, because ultimately our our communities aren't just about um, aren't just about friendships. Our communities are about becoming more like Jesus yeah. and sharing that with people who don't have him yet. Um, so what are ways, how does a leader create an environment where we've talked about creating a hospitable environment. How do they build on that and build trust? Yeah. I think we've already touched on it as well, but this, I, I, all I can say is transparency, 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 being real with what you are experiencing as a leader, sharing what you're struggling with, being genuine and open with your failures, with your weaknesses. Uh, Josh Rose, our, uh, our group's pastor, uh, he loves to say, I think he got it from somebody else, the speed of the leader, the speed of the team. And so we as leaders must um, uh, model out if we want our people to be open and transparent, we must lead the way. We were talking in my small group this past uh, Tuesday, and someone mentioned we were talking about this week's message, and someone just shared with how they just absolutely love when Pastor Scott shares uh, what he is struggling with because it makes the man real. And for too long in our churches, the, the pastor is looked on as this perfect person. And 
It's just disingenuous to our congregations. And the more transparent we can be, um, and, and there are different circles where you can share certain things, but the more transparent we can be in a very tasteful way, in a very uh, spirit-led way, the more uh, healing and transparent our people are going to be. So from the very top, all the way down through the church organization, we must be more and more transparent. I think that's only going to breed more healing and transparency and more openness among our people. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've heard I've heard Matt Chandler say before, our goal is not perfection, it's progress. And it's hard to make progress when you think that the person you're trying to, the person next to you has got it all together. It's a very discouraging thing for someone who knows that they don't have yep. it all together. You know, so. Yep. Barry, I appreciate you coming on. It's a little bit shorter than usual. Um, if you, You've got a few minutes here if you want to just share what's on your heart for our groups right now, what you're hoping for them, what you're wanting them to, to be and to strive for. Yeah. I think for leaders, if you can continue to communicate with your people in your groups, that every one of them, with the Holy Spirit in their life, are all disciple-makers. That this is not just a leader's role, but everyone in your group one day has one or two people that they're pouring into, that they're discipling. This is what Jesus' call on every one of us. Go and make disciples. This is not reserved just for trained uh, seminary uh, pastors or even group leaders. This is for everyone who calls himself to be a Christ follower. Every one of them are equipped with the tools, the goods, I like to say. Every one of them have the goods to be discipling. One person, they, they may not feel like they have much understanding of Scripture, but I guarantee they have just a little bit more information about what Scripture says than the person they're working with. And so taking that and encouraging your people to become the next leader, maybe just one or two uh, in their life, that they're, they're, they're reaching down and pulling up with them. Uh, if we can continue to communicate that message and putting that on our people, helping them feel the responsibility of the, 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 the Great Commission, then our church is going to be stronger and better for it. So, man, continue that, okay? Sounds good. That's a good word. Thank you, Barry. Love it. Thank you uh, for in, inviting me into this uh, conversation. I absolutely love it. Happy to do it. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for joining us on Group Chat, conversations on biblical community. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit www.rushcreek.org.